Uh-uh. No. Look, look, do you see that? That makes it funny. You see that line right there? Ah! Due to other players screaming, we are experiencing difficulties. <laughs> Please tune in next week oh for a gosh. new episode of a podcast where we play Dungeons & Dragons with each other. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons & Dragons adventure for all ages. Oh, wait. It's not all ages. It's not all ages? If you're 17, you can't listen. Sorry. So it's kind of like that first, it's like that first uh, stimulus they sent out. Yeah. Right? It's like if you're 17, even if you live at home and you're obviously still a child, you still don't count as a human child for the... Anyway... 17, if you're 17, shut it off. Uh, come back. Get out. Um, come back In a year. when you're 18. If you're 16, you're good. Just not 17. I'm joined today <laughs> by some friends of mine. I didn't know we was friends. Ooh. Or not. Oh, I didn't think so. Dang it. I am Jeffrey. Nice to meet you. And? Also, I play Kjork. Also. I'm Mogert Stonefire. <laughs> Yogurt. I meant I'm Felicia. <laughs> I'm Felicia, and I play Mogert Stonefire. She's going wow. too deep in the RP. I'm Zach, and I play Chris. Keeps rocks and socks? No, the other one. Uh, keeps reeds and socks. Keeps. No, I, got, I got nothing. I'm Ezra, and I play Balric Night Rain. And we are going to get back to some dungeons and also possibly some dragons. But first, what? there are a few things that we do need to take care of, such as the reading of a five-star review. So if you love our show and you want to help us out, then one of the best ways you can do that is by going onto iTunes or Podchaser or anywhere where reviews are accepted and leave us a five-star review today. Uh, one of you five-star review authors is going to have the supreme honor of having your words read live on our show. And to do that, we are going to have our very own Zach read this review. Zach, you got a, a review for us to read? No. Oh, he doesn't have one. Okay, well, uh, never mind then. I guess we just, uh, I guess we won't. I'm just, Zach, read the review. This review was left by John Lart and is titled Super Entertaining. Hmm. I started listening to season three during the pandemic and I was hooked immediately. It's superior to the others that I've participated in, and Jeffrey makes the best intros. Let him do that. <laughs> as well as Char's character, he brightens my day. Wow. Char's character brightens your day. I'm glad. You know, so far I think I've met exactly two people who love Char. And that's Alan himself? No, it's oh. Alan and one of our patrons, Pandacaro, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Pandacaro loves Char, uh, so... John, thank you for the review, and uh, thank you for... I like Char. Yeah, sure. Thank you for giving uh, <laughs> Char... This guy who wanted to kill him the whole time. <laughs> thank, thank you for giving Char the, uh, some of the love that he... My character hated Char, but I love Char. Maybe, uh, of course maybe he, did. he uh, deserves that. Uh, Vince didn't hate Char. He, he just re- realized that he was a sociopath. He didn't hate him. He just, you know... He just knew that at some he point... He just wanted he, to stick his knife to He his knew neck. that one day 
Char would have to die, and he was the one who would have to do it. Uh, so it doesn't mean that he hates him. You know, it's just – anyway, so thank you so much for that five-star <laughs> review. And if you would like us to, uh, you know, just totally make a wreck out of your five-star review like we did this one, then go ahead. Go on iTunes. Leave us one. Try us. We'll show you what's up. If you super-duper love us, then you should go to patreon.com slash makebelieveheroes. We've got some really cool rewards available on there, and we have an amazing Discord with awesome fans who love us, and uh, we've made some probably lifelong friendships on there. You should join the partay. Partay. What you need to do is send a blank one. That way Jeffrey can make it all up at the same time. Just make it all up on the spot. The five-star review? Yes. Just, just, just send, send a blank one. If you leave us a review that has a title and you can put a period, <laughs> then I will read your review. Oh, no. I can't guarantee what your review will say, but <laughs> wait, I will read it. If it's just a just if a period, just, a... just period, and that's it. Yep. Uh oh. I'm going to roll. <laughs> oh no. A giant blue D twenty. Natural one. Hmm. That's not good. It's a 15. It's a 15. Or as they call it in the biz, a schwittifal. 15. Schwittifal. Let's talk about what happened last time <laughs> on Make Believe Heroes. Last time on Dragon Ball Z. Last time we saw Mogert on the road north, alone except for her trusty Mastiff companion, Smokey. Yogurt. But as she drew closer to the mountain, the snowstorm began to worsen, and she soon found herself surrounded by a number of ne'er-do-wells. But as these highwaymen set in to rob her, another figure appeared, one Balric Nightrain. Sensing the danger she was in, Balric decided to help Mogert fend off these fiends. However, even with the three of them, they found themselves in a dire strait taking blow after blow. Just when it seemed that they would fail, in rode the unexpected cavalry as a dwarf cleric from Dimmerhold came barreling into the scene atop a battle boar. At the appearance of this powerful new figure, the highwaymen fled into the Glimmerdale Forest. The cleric, one Halberg Stoutfist, led them north along the road using a magic stone, which repelled the snow off them in a large sphere. Making much better time, they finally reached the bridge leading to the gates of Dimmerhold. As they drew closer to the gates, the road became quite crowded, and they stumbled into a large half-orc and some gnomes, as Smokey rudely tried to eat the jerky from the half-orc's pack. But as they finally wait to enter the mountain city, they drew the frustration of a large dragonborn. Kjorg and Mogert both took this as a challenge, and the thick-necked dragonborn began patting his hammer in his hand, eyeing them as we ended last week. Uh, what exactly is your plan here? Are y'all actually going to fight this dude? Mogert thinks that's just what we're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to go along with the group. So if they start it, I'm going to hop in. Okay. So this big, burly dragonborn starts shouldering his way through the crowd towards you guys, a heavy war hammer in his hand, patting the head of his hammer, looking at you all with a really ugly scowl. What do you do? The cure got us into this mess, so I think he should take the lead here. <laughs> did I get us in this mess? Yes. Yeah, yes, you were you like, <laughs> yeah, you asked him if it was a challenge or if he wanted to go or something. Oh, like oh yeah. Of course I did. Of course you did. <laughs> I mean, he's coming at me. He's walking towards you guys. He got his weapon in his hand. How close is he? Uh, ten feet away. Ten feet? He's not like charging you. He's just kind of walking, lumbering menacingly toward all of you. You ever played Smash Brothers? Oh, no. <laughs> you know the uh, Captain Falcon move where he sticks his knee out as he's leaping through the air? 
Yeah, no, I know the move, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh no. oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I want to do that to the exact same area that Kjorg attacked Saul in season two. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. That's a dirty move, man. Okay. A fight's a fight. Go ahead and make me, uh, I guess, an attack roll, like an unarmed strike, I guess. Okay. Well, I also I have this um, a feature called Remarkable Athlete. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know if that'll help any, but it like adds plus two to any strength dex or con check you make that doesn't already use your proficiency bonus. Wow. And when you make a running long jump, you add plus five feet to the distance, which I'm not jumping that far, but. Okay, uh, here's what I'll do. Ne- neither of those things are really in an official D and D capacity going to help you, but I'm going to give you advantage because you're just such a uh, what's the word a remarkable athlete. Mogra's just going to be standing there with her hammer in her hand, just smiling. Uh-huh. Because Mogra's probably thinking, is this She's really like, going to happen? Like, this what are we is about to it. Do? This is Oh, my oh, gosh. No. <laughs> what you do? Oh, no. I got a 15 and a nat 20. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Is, oh, is my bad. gosh. <laughs> that dude is in some pain. I can't believe it. It's oh on my, my new gosh. dice with the D&D symbol oh, on it. Oh, no. Okay. This guy's walking forward. <laughs> he's got, like, big slump sh- shoulders kind of slumped forward. Like, he's one of those guys, he's so muscular that he looks like he's always slouching, you know? <laughs> he's got his hammer in his hand. He's walking for you, and he's like, you want to go? And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're even give Kirk, describe, like, your, your, your movement, your action, how exactly you proceed. Okay, so as soon as he says that, Kirk takes, like, a two-step running jump mm-hmm. with his knee out, just straight, his knee straight out. Oh. This is anime, dude. Right into his pelvic area. I mean, he looks like a he looks like a ballerina. Like one <laughs> leg straight back, the other just like at a perfect angle forward, <laughs> like arms to the side. Yes. And just like yes, it really is like an anime. His head like quadruples in size the moment that you connect with him. Um, so I, I mean, critical damage on an unarmed strike. You actually just do your strength. You also are a half orc though, so you get to add extra damage, right? Because if you're half orc, extra savage attack thing tra- uh, trait. When you score a crit, roll one extra dice. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> we're gonna call it 15 instead of 10 on the crit, plus an extra five for your strength. 20 damage. <laughs> but it feels like 40. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. As you collide, Mogur, you've got your hammer in your hand ready to just go, and, and Cure just like pirouettes past you, his knee straight out, crashes into this guy, and you hear the guy go, oh! and the hammer drops, and then he drops to his <laughs> knees, and then he falls over onto his side. He's incapacitated currently. Ah, another victory for the people's champion. <laughs> oh my god. Anyone else want to challenge me? There's an elf standing nearby, uh, this female elf, and she says, "That was that was poor sportsmanship." I think she wants to go too, Kjorg. No. No, I'm not I'm not interested. A fight is a fight. He challenged me and approached, so I countered. <laughs> Uh, at, at that moment, 
um, this dwarf comes walking up from the direction of the gate to Dimmerhold. Uh, he is wearing what looks like, you know, like armor, like sort of standard issue armor. He's got the symbol of Dervetter on his chest, and he comes running up. He looks like a kind of a young dwarf. His beard probably comes about in the middle of his chest. And he says, what's going on here? We got some trouble. Is, is, do we need to... Uh, no trouble. No, no trouble. The, uh, the dragonborn on the ground is like... <laughs> but he can't speak right now. His, his throat is still closed. This young man may need some help, but everything's fine. We're just, just having a friendly battle here. <laughs> friendly? Whoa. Uh, a friend... Are you all right, sir? And he kind of leans down and starts talking to the dragonborn. Thanks for your help, sir. And then I move on. <laughs> <laughs> you start walking on. Juniper walks along with you. If that was friendly, I don't want to know what is evil. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. A fight is a fight. And we're here to fight. <laughs> uh, let, let's go, Kjorg. Uh, let's, Kjorg, Kjorg, listen. You, you could have, I mean, that was rough, you know? I mean, hope he's okay. I don't know what he was expecting. It was, it's a fight. What do you, what do you expect? <laughs> the thing is, he didn't have a chance to even blink. He, he said, to you want to go? Mogert puts her hammer in her backpack, and she runs up behind Kjorg. Okay. That was amazing. You just... Thank you. You, you jumped right out of the air. It... Oh. That was, that was amazing. Yeah, Kjorg's pretty good in a fight. Kjorgi. <sighs> Where to? The next fight? Uh, of course. She's got her hand. Uh, listen, she's got her fist up in the air. Uh, like. <laughs> listen, guys. Uh, listen. Um, there are going to be lots of fights, you know, in the gauntlet. They will arrest us if you guys just start fighting everyone that we see on the street, okay? <sighs> was that not the gauntlet? N- what? No. No. I thought that was the first challenge. No. That was just some guy who was oh. frustrated because we were holding up the line. Have you ever heard Survival of the Fittest? Hmm. Look, we just need to, you know, we've got things to do, and we need to move along so we don't get in trouble, okay? Right, right. Sure. What is Chris doing during this exchange? Chris is just going to walk up behind him and start to provoke Kjorg. Be like, Kjorg, did you see the way that man looked at you over there? Who? Just like point to some small child. Zinks like elbows ah. you in the ribs, Chris, and she's like, "No, don't listen to him. He's, don't listen to him. That no one's looking at you. That was impressive, though. Um, Kjorg, right, Kjorg? Kjorgi. Yes. <clears throat> what was your name? Wait, is it Kjorg or Kjorgi? It's Kjorgi. It's Kjorg. Gee. <laughs> it's Kjorg. Gee. Thank you, yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Kjork. You're welcome, Kjorgi. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, so you said like you were the people's champion, and she like holds up her arms. What is that? I hold my arms up too. What was uh, what's that? What is that? Is that just is that like your title? Is it like your is it like your uh, stage name or something? No, that's what I am. Uh, I okay. I still don't understand, but uh, cool. Are you gonna are you gonna fight in the the gauntlet? Of course. Aha! Yes! So you guys continue forward. You are walking toward the gate. And I, I described to you last time this large circular opening uh, that is carved into the mountain and the words written above it in a shifting message that goes through all the different common language of Manumi. You all see it again. 
It reads, the eye of night above you, here winter's breath is blowing. Dwarven home awaits inside, our hearth is always glowing. And as you all are approaching this door, you step through the doorway and it's, it's dark. It's very cold out, but I don't know if you guys recall, but since you've gotten close enough to the mountain, there's sort of a barrier that's holding the storm and everything back. You all step through this gate and you are now in the dark. Uh, the sun uh, that's getting low outside, you know, it's, it's past midday, probably going toward the evening time. The sun is blocked by this cavernous wall that you all have now stepped through and you have entered into a short tunnel. And as you come through this short tunnel, there are rock walls on either side. You know, it's just a literally a, a cavernous opening carved into the side of this mountain. And you are walking forward and then the cavern opens up. And when it does, you come out onto a large square platform. And there are people shoulder to shoulder practically through here. I mean, Kjorg, you're standing far above most of them. Uh, most of the rest of the party's kind of standing quite a bit shorter than a lot. But there are peoples of all different sorts. I mean, you see half-orcs, humans, elves, dwarves, gnomes, halflings. You see any, basically any... Uh, person from any part of the world that you can imagine, there seems to be a pretty heavy mix in this area where you're walking through. And as you step out of this cavernous hall onto this platform, you can hear people whispering and talking and exclamations of like awe. And you all press forward to the rail at the edge of this platform you're on and looking out the first thing you notice is how bright it is. The city's ceiling hangs hundreds of feet above you. And when I say ceiling, I mean it's the stone. It's carved into the mountain itself. Rising up from the edge of the walls inside this cavernous city, the ceiling is carved from the dark stone of the mountain. But as the walls climb higher and level out over top of this enormous place, the stone changes from the black rock to a clear almost bluish crystal. The sunlight shines down through this crystal, clear and pure, and you can see clearly through it, all the way up to the sun and the blue sky, high above, since the mountain peak pierces through the heavy clouds outside. It's like there's this large crystal ceiling, and that ceiling allows you to see all the way through the entire mountain to the sky above you. Wow. It has to be magic. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty cool. Gotta be. It's not like... The mountain is made of pure crystal from that point forward. It is enchanted in such a way that you can see through it. You can see through it like a glass window. Like it's not distorted. It is the clearest picture you can imagine. And it's the actual sun and sky above Dimmerhold piercing through the clouds, shining down into the city. As a result, this first level of Dimmerhold seems even brighter than honestly any open air city that you've been to. And it has an almost silvery white glow hanging above the surface below. Once you've adjusted to this site, you look down over the city itself, and you are high up compared to the city. It is many stories down below you, and far beneath, down a long series of stairs turning back and forth, is the first floor of Dimmerhold. And Chris, you've been here before. You've seen this before. Uh, has Mogart ever been here? If she has, it's when she was little. Yeah, so it's pretty much new to you. It's pretty much new to all of you, except Chris and maybe Zalbar and um, Juniper. Juniper actually steps toward the rail and kind of like peeks up over it and looks down and says, 
Look, Kjorg, isn't it beautiful? I guess. <laughs> this is, is it what? <laughs> this is the Moonlight Sanctuary, the opening floor of Dimmerhold. I mean, yeah, what an impressive design. I mean, you see how the floor is, it's just, it's amazing. And you can see it, all of you can see it. From this high up, you can see this level of the city in its entirety. It is, in a word, breathtaking. The floor far below seems to be carved from a pure, flawless stone. It alternates between the darkest obsidian and the purest white marble. A narrow bridge leads from the descending stone stair over to an enormous circular floor. The sanctuary, as you can see, is split into three distinct areas, which you guys don't know, but you will learn, are called the Eastern Crescent, the Lunar Circlet, and the Western Crescent. Are there tunnels under this? <laughs> actually, actually, yes, there are a lot of tunnels under this. From this vantage point, you can see hundreds, maybe thousands of people moving about the city below. The Western Crescent is closest to you, so you can see that area the most clearly. The road from the descending stair leads to the long, narrow bridge, and then it spreads wide as it crosses over into the lunar circlet. That road is packed shoulder to shoulder with people going north from there. Many houses and buildings are practically corner to corner alongside this western crescent that you can see. But you can see it all. You can see the, I mean, you can see a whole city from here, or at least it looks like a whole city. I prefer looking at the sky at night in the drylands. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, the sky is beautiful, but uh, this was made by the dwarves. I mean, I, I, I've been to a lot of cities, a lot of places. I've never seen anything quite like this place, and this is only the first level. I mean, there are multiple levels. I've never been to all of them, uh, but this is just, uh, just the first one. This is just the Moonlight Sanctuary. But anyway, we should probably get moving down. Mogur just, like, leans over next to Juniper. She just comes out of nowhere. Gertie told stories of this place. It is beautiful. Have you never been here before? Ah, I was a wee little less. Uh, well, yeah, it's, um, it's impressive, uh, I have to say. But yeah, we, we probably should get going. Um, Are we all in close proximity, I guess? Yeah, I mean, unless you snuck off or something. Uh, no. So I walk over to Chris and I say, It's Chris, right? No. Okay, see ya, sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so where are you coming from? Here and there. Everywhere. Dude, I'm coming from Vinhaven. Now, now I want you to be straight with me. I'm trying to... This is a building exercise, man. Come on. Where are you from? I don't really have somewhere I'm from. I just kind of travel all over the place. Okay. Fair enough. What do you do? Uh, I deliver packages. I'm kind of like a mailman. As you guys are talking, you are making your way down the stairs. <laughs> making your way down the stairs. And the way it, and the way it works is, you know, you go down. Walking fast. Like if you look at the uh, the map, there where you enter into the mountain, there are multiple staircases. You go down and turn, and you go down and turn, just multiple levels of staircases. So it's going to take you a minute. Yeah. Especially with a crowd okay. this size, no one's moving very quickly, uh, but you slowly make your way down the stairs toward Dimmerhold. Do any of you know if there are any tunnel addicts in this city? What is that? Tunnel? Attic Attic tunnels? What's a tunnel? Tunnels above the city? (laughs) Hmm. Above the city? I can't say I do. Hmm. Juniper? Uh, why, Georg, are you asking about tunnels above the city? To bother Paul. Georg, 
why are you asking about tones about the city? I don't know. It was just a just an idea I had. <laughs> Sometimes there are secret tunnels under cities, but this city is already under. So, what if the secret, secret tunnels, tunnels are above the city? Secret tunnels. Ah, right. <laughs> uh, maybe you'll uh, get a chance to look. I don't know. So, Mogert, um, you're from the Drylands too. I. Uh, which part? Uh, the southern drylands. Ah. How's this cold weather treating you? It's cold, but I'm strong, so I'm good. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, cool. Cool. It's cool. 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 No, I, I mean, like, that's... Uh, like cold. No, it's like a... No, there's like a... It's, a, it's, a, it's just... Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> uh, so, Chris... Are you always like this this difficult with people? Not usually. Um, I mean, I get it. I mean, I get wanting to be reserved, you know, because there's some secrets I have too. <gasps> secrets! <laughs> huh? so, I mean, I understand. <laughs> secrets? Secrets! I wasn't talking to you guys. Hush. Well, I'll make you a deal. Okay. You tell me one of your secrets, and I'll tell you one of mine. Uh, Mogert and Cure just start saying secrets, and then he says it a little louder, and then I say it a little louder. And he says it a little louder. Uh, I like you, Chris. We can be friends. We'll hold off on the secrets for now, but okay. I gave you a chance. Yeah. Now it's gone forever. It's not gone forever. All it's forever gone. So you all continue walking down these stairs, and then eventually you finally do make it down enough of the floors that you reach the bottom staircase, and it leads out from this sort of like a stairwell. It's an open-air stairwell, and it leads to the north going upward. And then it turns to the right one more time and heads down in a long stair. And as you are going down this long stair, you hear the sound of roaring water, and you can see to your right coming out the side of the mountain through these long iron grates is the Glim River, which, I mean, you guys walked alongside the river to the city, so you would expect to see it here, but it's literally running out the side of the wall and then just crashing down below, far below. I mean, you can hear it, uh, just this loud roaring sound of a waterfall crashing onto the stones deep inside the cavernous city of Dimmerhold. It's a sheer drop on either side of these stairs as you are walking down them and the water, you can feel some of the mist coming off of the water. It is cold, it's a cold mist, but it's not any colder than the snow you guys just walked through. You get to the bottom of the stairs and the stairs turn again onto a long, narrow bridge. This long, narrow bridge takes you all the way over into the actual true entrance of Dimmerhold. And as you are all approaching along this bridge, you know, shoulder to shoulder, tons of people, lots and lots of people around you, the floor actually changes and they're in this shape of a large diamond. There is that same crystal that you can see high above you in this bridge. So as you're stepping over it, you can see clearly down beneath you. You can see the rock and the water and just other things far down beneath you. And it's kind of a spooky sight. Is anybody afraid of heights? Nope. Nope. Nah. Mm-mm. It's irrational that none of you would have any fear of heights. Zalbar has a serious fear of heights. Zalbar's like, uh, I'm going to be sick. I am going to be sick. Yeah, but Zalbar don't like the cold, don't like wolves, don't like orcs. No, then it's in character for him. Nope. Orcs. I don't know. I was just naming something. Because Kjork's here. I figured he'd be scared of Kjork, <laughs> oh, too. Okay. Mogert's going to get down on her hands and knees and, like, put her face up to the 
glass and oh look goodness. down. I mean, you can wow. see it's nice. It's, it's pretty. It's a little bit spooky. A bit spooky. Smokey walks over and, and gets down on his his haunches and like puts his nose against the glass and looks down beside you. Look, Smokey. Have you ever seen anything so beautiful? He just kind of like. I get down with them and look at the river also. <laughs> think there's any fish in there? Oh, huge fish. Hmm. Do you like to fish? Sometimes they make good weapons. Juniper gets down beside you, Kyorg, and puts her head down there too. Uh, actually, yes, there are there are a lot of fish uh, that are local to this area. It's a, it's a pretty big trade in Dimmerhold. Really? Yeah, they, oh. they eat a lot mm. of fish. We need to go fishing. Maybe I could attach you to some rope and attach you to a pole, and I could lower you down, and you could catch one, and we could pull you back up. Uh, no, not from here. There are places we could do that. The, the fish are, there's actually some really cool foods Margaret here. Margaret starts pulling in her backpack. Uh, no, no, she's that's... getting a rope Listen, out. we're going to have to move on. If we don't, they're gonna we're going to get in trouble again. But let's, let's walk. I'll tell you about some of the cool foods they have here. Oh, food. Yeah. You all start uh, walking again? Yes. Walking, walking, uh, yeah. walking. You cross the bridge, and in front of you, you see the city sort of welling up. You know, there are tall buildings, and, and there are walls, and there are people. And one thing that's very prominent from where you're approaching is a huge stone arch. It actually crosses even wider than the road, which is now opening up as you come onto the main sort of floor of the city uh, carved into the mountain. And this enormous arch swooping above you, there is carved in dwarven runes along it a, a message. Welcome to St. Louis. Who can read Dwarven? Me. I don't think I can. Not me. Mogert, you see the sign and it says, Welcome all to Mountain Home, weary traveler. You can also read it. And as you are getting closer to this arch, you can now see that beneath it, there are a lot of people. People are just really bundled up and gathered here at this area. And it almost seems like a like a welcome center. I mean, if you could describe it that way. There are a lot of these like small stations with these stone pillars holding up small roofs. Some are larger, some are smaller, and there are people gathered at multiple ones. And Is there any food? Most of them have like a sign up. You see a lot of different things. Um, why don't you give me a perception check there, old Balric? To see if there's food? Just to see what all you see. Yeah, because the thing is, there's so much, you know, you're having to try and kind of filter it and get uh, it all. It was a 12 plus 7. Okay, so with a 19, you're actually, you're good at this. You're kind of streetwise. And the moment that you've stepped up, you've begun to take in everything that you can see. You see one station with numerous figures clad in the token garb of the devout worshippers of Dervetter, tending to weary travelers who were hurt by the storm, I mean, you would assume. You see one station with a tall figure, gray-skinned and shirtless, wearing an apron as he cooks food over an open fire. There are a bunch of halflings running around by him, shouting out orders to folk and delivering foods. You see a smaller station with a single, fancily-dressed elven figure looking bored as he reads over a scroll. Straight ahead, though, one of the most prominent places you see is actually on a large, raised platform with a few dwarves at these short podiums. There are three lines of people running out of them. Some of them are much longer, uh, and some of them are much shorter. Over their heads, hanging from the facing of a small rooftop, is a sign that reads, The Gauntlet of the Moon. Oh. And you can all see that one. I mean, it's prominent. Easily spotted. In common? Yes. Everything is written in common. Do I see that sign? You do. 
Look, it's the gauntlet. And I point to the sign. You get a few cheers from around you in this big crowd. And Juniper's like, no, Kyorg, that's that's not the actual... That's not, that's not the gauntlet. That's the just gauntlet. Where, that's not uh, uh, Mogert. That's not the gauntlet. Yes. Uh, we are. That's just where we sign. Up. You're going to sign up for the gauntlet. And where? Um, uh, there. And she points at. Guess the, the sign is up. She Mogert, points at the big sign. Mogert runs over there. You take off to that sign way. Sign up. Okay. Zinc steps up and she taps Juniper on the shoulder, and like Juniper turns and they shake hands and she kind of quietly says something to her and then Juniper quickly follows after Kyorg. Then she turns to you, Chris. Uh, Chris, um, so do you, you know exactly where we're supposed to be going? You said you had a contact? Yeah, I know where we're going. Do you know where we're going? No, uh, I, no, I don't, not really. I, I know that we're delivering this adamantine, but you said that you knew the contact. And, uh, well, anyway, um, that girl, Juniper, you know her? I don't think so. Uh, well, I don't either, but um, she's uh, she's local, she says, giving you a knowing look. Like our type of local? Like where we're local to? What other sort of local would it be? I asked her the question. Did she have the... Yes, did she, have... she did. The very one. Hmm. Interesting, huh? I wonder if Kjorg knows. Do you think they're, like, a thing? I mean, she follows him around like a puppy, Zinks. She blushes when you say that? <laughs> because she does the same to you. <laughs> anyway, I just I just wanted you to know... Uh, that I love you. Maybe we can catch up with her at some point while we're here. Um, anyway, uh, so where, where are we going? And Zalbar steps up. Yes, Chris, tell us, where are we going? I would... I really like to find some food and rest. Chris, you begin looking around and you spot uh, just the person you're looking for. There is an elf over there at a small structure. He's leaning over a counter, looking bored, reading a scroll. So that's the guy we want to talk to? That's the one you want to talk to. Okay. Is he trying to be like, he don't want people to know what he's doing, right? Zach? Yeah. Like the whole situation of where he's from. Where he's from. And all that jazz. Uh, Give me an insight check. That's a 12. Okay. (laughs) Again. Plus your insight, which is a four. I would say that you have no reason to think that he is hiding where he's from. Um, but if you think that you sense a kindred spirit in him, maybe you pick up something. I'm not saying exactly what I mean. Because before he like walks up, I'm going to walk up behind him because I'm probably going to. Okay. That's fine. You can just approach him and talk to him. So I walk up to Chris mm. before he walks away. Yeah. And I say, hey, Chris, about that secret? I don't know. I think you're a little bit late. I gave you an opportunity and you missed it. No, 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 no. My life is not what it seems. And I just walk away. <laughs> I just walk away. <laughs> and I just walk away. I turn to Zalbar and Zinks. <laughs> yeah. And Zalbar's just looking at you. And I'm just like, what a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> At that moment, uh, Juniper actually comes running back over to you guys as Kjorg and, and Mogert are full peel running toward that booth over there or whatever. And she's like, oh, by the way, where are you all staying tonight? You have somewhere to stay? Honestly, I didn't put that much thought into it. Uh, where are you all staying? We have rooms. Or I, I, I will have rooms. Uh, I work for the 
royal family a little bit. Shh, keep it, you know, let's not act for right now, just just on a temporary basis. And uh, I've pretty much got an open invitation to stay anytime that I want in the Eastern Crescent, uh, the the Waxing Way Inn. You know it, and you've heard of it. It's like the most famous. There's only two. There's two famous inns in, in this place. If you spend any time here, Chris, you've probably stayed in one of them. Yeah, I know just the place. Well, I don't know if you guys are going to be on the west side or east side of the city, but if you're over that way, uh, you know, hit us up. Maybe we could uh, we could catch up. We. St- I kind of look at her and I go. Mm-hmm. We have something to do for Gearby real quick. I just say his name because, you know, she'd know. Uh, and then I look down at the suitcase, mm-hmm. and then we'll meet you there. I'll see you later. And she turns and takes off toward Kjork. Okay. So, here's kind of what we've got. We've got the split party. So, this is where I destroy you all one by one. Are you ready? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm ready. Just to determine order, let's roll like initiative, basically. No, like, added modifiers. Just tell me what you got. It's just going to help me decide... You know who goes first? Who goes when? What'd you get, Kjord? Ah, twelve. What did uh, What did Chris get? Seventeen. Thirteen. I got a six. So Chris, as Juniper goes running off to the side, you step up and begin approaching the uh, the counter, if you will, of this elven figure. He is leaning over the table, looking very bored, got his hand, like, you know, his face in his hand, his elbow down on the table. He's just kind of reading over a scroll. He's got a pair of narrow glasses, like, out on his nose, Uh, pointy ears. His hair is short, and it is very blonde. Honestly, it almost has a little bit of, like, a bluish hint to it, but it's it's still blonde. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, He is wearing very nice, formal robes. They are black with some blue accents uh, along like the sleeves and stuff and as you approach he he doesn't really look up you step up toward the counter what do you do is there some kind of like phrase that i'm supposed to communicate to no no no. it's nothing this isn't anything like secret i I should give you some information this guy's name is aaron a-e-r-i-n aaron he is like a liaison for imports and exports in dimmerhold you have a ticket from Gearby to give to this guy, and this guy is supposed to tell you where to go. Okay. So it's just business. It's just proper business. Gotcha. Hello there. And then I just start waving the ticket at him. Hello. Can I help you? I just keep waving the ticket at him. He looks over his glasses at you. Oh, please. He reaches forward and takes the ticket from you. Oh, I see you have a delivery. Well, first one today, actually. It's been quite a obnoxious sort of day. It's so loud over here. I do detest these sort of events. Try not to sound so enthusiastic. Oh, this is enthusiastic. It is very enthusiastic. You should have seen me uh, yesterday. I was asleep the whole time. You're lucky I'm awake. Anyhow, uh, let me see what you've got here. He looks over the notes you've given him. Ah, yes. Well, you're going to the Eastern Crescent. You're going to head to the Chateau Chateau Shield, of course, because this is, oh, well, <laughs> look at you, a delivery for the king himself. The king? Yes, but don't worry, he won't be receiving it. Oh, okay. You take it there to the chateau, and they'll tell you what to do when you get there. There are a number of people milling about, and as soon as you approach the gate, I'm certain that someone will come and tell you what to do. You cannot miss it. Head south toward the Eastern Crescent, and when you get there, just continue east, and then about halfway across, 
halfway across town, down there, you will find the Chateau Chateauchild. It's like I said, you cannot miss it. It's the largest estate in the eastern part of the Moonlight Sanctuary. Nice. Thanks. And I just kind of... He gives you a small scroll. What's the scroll for? Just give them this ticket, and they will take care of the rest. Have a nice day. And he sort of leans back over and starts reading his scroll again. I'm just not even going to bother him. He looks busy. <laughs> so I'll just leave. You just head east? Yeah. Or south? Head south and then east? So there is a, like the road, the road here, the walking road, you basically got a couple options. One, you can go straight north and make your way toward the lunar circlet, or you can start heading east and it will take you down toward the eastern crescent. So you, Zinx, and Zalbar start making your way east along the road. And there, like, there are a lot of people on the road traveling, but not as many as there are still just bunched up at this big welcome area. Do y'all just head out? you grab some food or anything first? No. We're just going to head out. Okay. Balric. Yes? What exactly is it that you're wanting to do? First off, I'm going to get me some food. Food? Okay. Yes. Well, there is that cart with the big half-orc cooking up some food on a big old fiery grill as you walk toward you going to that place yeah you walk toward that closest place. food place to me and there uh, like i said there are a number of these halflings running around one of them approaches hello sir can i take your order what's on the menu for today oh uh well we've got uh pork shanks uh we've got turkey legs you know it's sort of uh, general like uh you know uh, uh funnel cakes and uh, we've got some these roots. The they're they're I don't know where you're from, but they're potatoes. Uh, we had them brought in from Branshire, actually, uh, and they uh, we f- we we fry them in like pig fat. Uh, they're like little sticks. We call them um, fried sticks. Got hmm. any shark? <clears throat> no, but we do have fish. Ah, uh, fish sounds okay. Okay, uh, fish. Just an order of fish. What do you got to drink? Water. And, uh, of course, we have, like, ale. Water. Okay. And he uh, he kind of jots it down, and he turns to the, the where the big half-orc is. There's, like, this big cork board, and he sticks a paper up on it. And the half-orc looks over and gives him a... <clears throat> and then goes back to cooking. And he says, your order will be up in just a couple minutes. He kind of goes around talking to some other people. Uh, he comes back a few minutes later with a little plate of food. It's like a little, like, thin wooden plate. He gives it to you. Six copper pieces. I give him the six copper pieces. So you take it. You get it. it's really good, very nice. Like, do they have like tables just sitting around there? That you no. can see most of. Oh, I gotta no, walk there's around. There's people standing everywhere. Okay. So I'm gonna take it, and I'm gonna walk to not a not too suspicious, but just walk over by myself and start scanning the area. Okay. What are you looking for? Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Uh, don't uh, be suspicious. Uh, don't I want to. Suspicious. <laughs> Sorry. What are you looking for? Anything that's like, I'm trying to, it's not like shady, well, shady would be a good word. You're looking for Anything that's any just, suspicious characters? Yeah, any suspicious activity going on. Anything nefarious. Okay, so you're probably going to kind of want to wander around a little bit and look for someone who looks suspicious. In a group this size, surely there's at least one pickpocket, right? Okay, yeah. So I'm going to say you can either give me a perception or an investigation check. Your perception's a plus seven. Your investigation's a plus one. Oh, uh, What is it? It was a two. Mm, that's not very good at that's all. That's bad. So that's a nine. Yeah. 
So I want to say you go to looking around, and you're just kind of wandering around eating your fish. Man, this fish is really good. Whatever that half orc has put on this fish, like it's really like perfect for this for this particular fish. It's like he knows what kind of fish this is and knows the perfect seasonings for it. It's not just like Old Bay. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing wrong with Old Bay, but it's like this is the perfect marriage of flavor in this fish. And as you're almost kind of like zoned out focusing on the fish, you do hear something. You don't see something, but you hear something. You hear someone else, someone probably, I don't know. You hear someone about 50 feet away from you yell out, Stop, thief! My ears perk up. Uh huh. And I look to where the noise come from. Okay, you see a woman standing there. Run, Robin Hood, run. And she is looking around and yelling, Stop, thief! But you don't see a thief. Uh, I go check out the situation. You take off running, or do you walk? I walk with haste. Okay, you try to quickly push your way over there. Yep. You get right over by her, and as, you, as you're as you getting close to her, close enough that you might speak to her, another figure approaches, a dwarf clad in heavy armor. Tell me, what's uh, what seems to be the matter here? Talking to me? No, he's talking to her. He oh. has stepped up to her and said that, and you walk up close enough to hear that happen. As you see that, do you engage, or do you... I'll probably still be walking in that area, just listening at okay. the same time. There was a thief. There was a thief. A, 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 a thief. Um, it took my purse. All right. Uh, listen, there's a lot of folk around here. Can you give me a better description? And she starts like, she's like freaking out. She's crying a little bit. And you can tell that this dwarf is not going to be able to get much viable information out of her. Hmm. What do you do? You left me with a really hard... Thing here, man. Well, you, you rolled a pretty poor perception I check. I did. Why don't you roll me another one to see if you can look specifically for this thief? Okay. Kill the woman, take the rest of her money. Do it. <laughs> Dang it. It was a four. Bro, you suck. Four plus seven is an 11. Robin Hood's off to a poor start tonight, boys. You don't see anyone. But you see a lot of people. What do you do? Is there an alleyway near anywhere? Alleyway? No, but there are pretty close to here these large stairwells that lead down to the lower levels of Dimmerhold. There are four access points, public access points, that lead to the lower levels of Dimmerhold. To be honest, here's what I would want to do. I wish I could have got a bead on the guy so I could follow his idea. Mm. Can I look for footsteps at least? Is there dirt or anything like that? Solid, perfect stone. You are so... (sighs) Unfortunately, your rolls are not very good. They are not. So what are you going to do, though? I might just keep surveying, because that one kind of... Okay. You're going to keep surveying, you're going to keep your eye out, and... Kjorg. Huh? You and Mulgert and Juniper and Smokey have made your way forward toward this large sort of raised dais where there are lines of people heading toward this opening, this, uh, this, this structure with the sign above it that says, The Gauntlet of the Moon. Yes. As you get close to it, you can see now, once you get really close to it, the one of the lines is very, very long. I mean, it's super long, okay? Like, people are just, like, crowded up, and there are a couple of dwarves wandering around trying to get it to be, like, a single-file line, but they're failing, you know? Every time they get it closer to a single-file line, it'll just kind of blur back up into a blob, and then they'll come out and try to single-file them again. And the second line, the one in the middle, it's long, but it's not as long. There's probably 20 people or so in it. The third line, there's no one in it. It's empty. And above each of these lines, you can see uh, different signs, okay? The one with the super-duper long line says sign-ups. The one in the middle says trial invitations. 
and the one on the far left says Royal Invitations. Hmm. And which one's the empty one? The, the Royal Invitations. Kjord, uh, that's us. I go to the Royal Invitation. Uh, um, yes, uh, uh, Mogert, uh, do you do you have uh, do you have an invitation? I. Uh, you pull it out. Pulls it out. <laughs> oh, uh, that's that's a trial invitation. So you want to be in this middle line here, okay? How's it the trial invitation, Gertie? Haha, <laughs> <laughs> get in line. Come on, Smokey. Smokey steps up with you, and you guys are in line. And look, this line is moving pretty quickly. It's not. It's nothing like that one over there. Oh boy, that's a mess. You'd hate to be somebody who didn't have an invitation right now, trying to sign up to try uh, for the uh, the gauntlet. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, me. Someone. Anyway, Kjorg, you walk up toward the desk for royal invitations. I say, I'm here to sign up and slam my fist on the counter. Oh, sir, could you please? There is a, uh, a female dwarf sitting there. She's got blonde hair pulled back in a braid. Oh, sir, please, uh, don't hurt the counter. Please, please don't break the counter. I, I know you're excited. Uh, I don't know if you read, this is the line for the royal invitations. Um, you probably want to get in one of the other. Uh, do you have an invitation at all? Uh, yeah. Juniper steps up and she, um, like, pulls the invitation from her pack where she's been keeping it for you. Oh, yes, he's actually been invited personally uh, by uh, King Shattershield, so... And she kind of, like, in a huff, like, slides the scroll over. And the the dwarf kind of perks up. Oh, I'm so sorry. I meant no offense. You just, you've got to understand, we've had so many folk just walk up and say, oh, yes, I got an invitation from the king. But, you know, my horse ate it on the way here. I fell in a river and lost it and all that thing. But I'm look, surprised my horse didn't eat it on the way here. <laughs> well, I'm glad that your horse stayed away from this one because... Uh, this right here is uh, is as good as gold. And she opens up the scroll. Oh, can we sell it? You want to buy it? Juniper slaps you on the arm. Kjork! <laughs> you can't sell. Oh. No, he's kidding. He's kidding. And the dwarf kind of like, <laughs> uh, right, uh, this is, oh, um, issued by the king himself. Well, uh, Kjork, the people's champion. Is that you? Yes. You are Kjork? I'm the people's champion! <laughs> you hear Margaret? Margaret stone fire! <laughs> Everybody else in the line just kind of looks over at you, annoyed. Margaret night ride! <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no! Don't, Chris. I just kind of look back and shake my head. Thank you, Chris. Margaret just thinks that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's perfect. If I notice people looking at me, I take out my pot and start banging it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> With the hammer. Oh, man. Mogert's just like, yes. Uh, anyway, um, you'll need to report to, uh, well, uh, you'll be contacted. The, the gauntlet, of course, is supposed to start in three days at noon. And, well, just you have provisions, a place to stay. Do you need any help? We have a, uh, a concierge over there that could help you. And uh, Juniper, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I, I actually work with the, um, the kingdom, uh, with the royal family, uh, temporarily. And we have provisions already made. But thank you so much. Um, if you could just sign off and you have his name and everything that you need. Oh, yes, I've got everything I need here. It's all recorded. Uh, don't you worry about that. But uh, enjoy your stay. And Kjork, uh, welcome to Demerholt. Good luck. Oh, I don't need luck. Thank you. <laughs> Mogert, you have been in line. You've been watching all this happen. And like I said, there are about, yes, I think I said, what did I say, 20, 20. people? 
it's, it's half that now. I mean, people are moving pretty quickly here through here. They've got two people in this line servicing folks, helping them up in the front. And uh, you see Kjorg as he is turning around and beginning to step away. Um, Kjorg, what is your plan now? Are you going to just, you and Juniper are going to head out? Do you say anything to Mulgert? Anything like that? Do I know where we're going? Like, to stay and stuff? You don't, but Juniper does. No. You probably heard the name of the inn. What was it called? Waxing Way Inn. Oh, yogurt. Yes, Kjorgi. We'll see you at the Waxing Way Motel. Uh, inn. Uh, yes, Mogurt, we're staying at the Waxing Way Inn. It's on the eastern side of town. Do you know how to get to the eastern crescent from here? Nope. Um, well, do you... She lo- Just go east. She looks at Kjorg. Kjor. Aye. We can wait for you. Oh, no, it's it's great. I'm fine. No, I'll... no, no, it's no trouble. We're going to uh, think we're going to grab some food, Kjorg? Yeah, what do you want? Oh, me? <laughs> well, uh, they've got, oh, I'm sure they've got all the local uh, delicacies and probably some other stuff. Uh, uh, they do have uh, this one thing you try. It's kind of weird. You may not like it, but. Sign me up. They get these big snails that they catch here, but they like, they're they're like glowy. Hmm. Uh, they call it Escar Glow. <laughs> I'll take seven. Uh, 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 sure. If if Kjorg is eating it, then I'll probably be okay because. Well, well look, we're gonna be right over there. Uh, there's like a you can see the food booth. We'll be over there. We'll wait for you. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, no problem. And she takes off, kind of shepherding Kjorg along. <sighs> They're nice. She looks over at Smokey. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> He said it once, but he hasn't seen these. And she holds up her arms, her muscles, <laughs> and she pats him on the head. He, he like, you know, pants. So, Mogart, you are now, like, the lines moved ahead of you. People are getting frustrated. you got to move forward. You've done that thing where you were talking and the lines moving. People are like, move it up. Start pushing me. Yeah. So you step up, and within no time, it is your turn. There's a dwarf standing there, a uh, guy. He's probably about your age. He's got brown hair and a brown beard comes down about mid of his chest. Hello there. Mogert puts her hand out. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, here. And he reaches out and takes your hand, shakes it. Mogert Stonefire. Welcome, Mogert, to Dimmerhold. Can I help you? I'm here for the Gauntlet of the Moon. Oh, of course. It makes sense since this is the line for the Gauntlet. Uh, but you, you do know this is the line for uh, the trial invitations. Do you have a trial invitation? Hi. Hey, well, uh, can I see it? He gets it out of Smokey's mouth. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a bit slobbery. He was holding it for me. All right, all right. Let she me wipes see it, it on her pants. That's fine. Just pass it there here. You go. It's not the worst thing I've seen today, trust me. You'd be surprised how many of these things have blood on them. Oh, I should have thought of that. No, you shouldn't have. Oh, never no. mind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he reads it, looks over it. Ah, this all looks to be in order to listen. The trials are going to be held in two days. Two days. The gauntlet proper starts in three days. At three noon. days. I don't know exactly what time it's going to be. You should come here and check in first thing in the morning, two days from now for the tryouts, you understand? Aye. If you don't make it for that, for those tryouts, these gents over here, he says, pointing to the other line, they got to start in the morning. Oh. Yeah. And they're going to be trying out. And then those that do well there, well, they'll get to join here. And those that uh, win here will be in the proper gauntlet at the end. All right. Bring all your weapons, your armor. Be ready for a fight. Aye. 
Mogert Stonefire, remember that name? It's like Gertie, remember Gertie Stonefire? You heard? Heard the Gertie? Uh, no, no, I don't think I have, but it's all right, don't worry. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, if you win, everybody will remember your name, right? Right. That's the point, so uh, see ya here. Uh, first thing in the morning, not tomorrow, but the next day. The next day, two days. Got it. All right. Welcome to Demerhold. Aye. And he sort of puts like a stamp on your scroll and hands it back to you. Amazing. She hands it to Smokey. Yeah. All right. You head your way over and you uh, meet up with Kjorg and with Juniper. They've got a big plate of these weird looking green snails. Oh, gosh. Um, they, uh, they, they don't look good. But trust me, they're good. They are. They're delicious. It reminds me of Shelbert, and it's kind of creepy. Sorry, Shelbert. And she just grabs one and, like, slurps it. <laughs> Balric. Yep. Uh, roll me another perception check. Thirteen. Thirteen plus... Seven. So a dirty twenty. Okay, yeah, now you got what you need. This guy rolled a two. You're wandering around, you're kind of starting to stick to the sort of shadowy parts as much as you can and like just make yourself as as inconspicuous as possible. And you notice a figure uh, who is sort of saddled up behind a couple who are standing there in line waiting to order some food at the same place that you just recently purchased food. This figure, he is short, thin, he looks to be human, he could be half elven, it's kind of hard to tell, his hair is kind of long and messy and it's covering part of his face. But he does a quick glance back as he steps forward, and you notice it clearly as a tell of a pickpocket. Oh! You see him slowly slide up behind this man and woman as they're standing in line, looking over the shoulders of the people in front of them, and he take pulls a small dagger from his waist and cuts the, the coin purse free from the man's waist. Uh-oh. He takes off. Okay. What do you do? I slunk behind him and follow him. Oh, you want to follow him? I do. Okay. Well, give me a stealth check. Ooh, what is it? That's a 17 plus 10. So, so a 27. 27. Let's see Ooh. if he beats that with his perception. Get him, boy. Actually, he doesn't know he's being followed, so it's going to be his passive anyway. But he he, would, he wouldn't have beat it either way. So he does not notice you. You are doing a very good job. Yeah. Stealthing up behind him. You follow him. So proud. You follow him past the edge of the big arch that's coming down. And there are these walls that sort of lead down into a path that heads toward, you don't know this, but it is the stairwells that lead to the lower levels. And he is moving along and trying his best to look inconspicuous, and you're keeping a safe distance back from him so that you don't seem conspicuous, and he doesn't notice you. And then finally, he reaches the staircase, but rather than slip down the stairs, you see him kind of look around and then slide behind, like, this pillar and he's out of sight. What do you do? Well, I would assume that when I walk up to the pillar, he's probably not going to be there. Well, you can approach the pillar, and you're still stealthy. You you wait the proper amount of time. You can go forward, and you can go up beside yep. the pillar, and you can see that there is like a door there. It looks like maybe some sort of a maintenance access or something like that. I'm going to check it out. Okay. You step over, and you quietly open the door. I do. Give me one more check. 15 plus 10? Yeah, 25, you are able to quietly slide the door open and you step inside, you kind of poke your head inside and your shoulder and you see this short, thin figure. He is leaning over a table there in the middle of the room and he has multiple coin purses sitting out. He seems to be 
pilfering through them, counting them. What do you do? Is he the only one there? Only one there that you can see. Okay. I'm going to walk up behind him stealthily mm. and hold a dagger to his neck and my hand over his mouth. With a really good stealth check you've already rolled, I'm going to say that you can do that. You come up behind him, you draw a dagger, Yep. put a dagger up to his neck. He feels the cold steel pressed up against his neck. What do you say? Don't make a noise or this goes in your neck. He like freezes. Oh, oh, what do you want? I want to know everything. I think that's a pretty good place to stop this week. Yep. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We are in Dimmerhold. I enjoyed it. Dwarf home. Just kidding. I didn't enjoy it. He did enjoy it. Uh, If you want to find out what happens. I remember when they invented Dimmerhold. I hated it. Next time we'll be going to Brightonhold. You have to tune in next week. The week after Darkenhold. A trip. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore, guys. What like, what this? am I even? Find <laughs> out what happens next time on Dragon Ball Z. Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you next time. We don't. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.